Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In 1 Samuel 17, 1 Samuel 17, the Bible tells us one of the most popular stories that we've heard. When you're talking about warfare, warfare stories in the world, this is the most popular one. And that is the story of the asymmetrical war between David and Goliath. There is nobody, even people who don't believe the Bible, they know this story. Okay? How a man, a young boy, David, a shepherd boy, was able to face a seasoned warrior and was able to pull him down. And the thing that made that story very interesting was that it was used, they were using an unconventional warfare, uh, unconventional uh, 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 weapons. They were using a sling and a stone. And the Bible records that Israel was at war with the Philistines. And the Philistines, because they had a giant in their corner, they were so bold to suggest that we don't need to put the whole army in danger. Let's just give me, our, we will present our own, our own giant and you present your own giant. And whoever wins will settle the war. We'll settle it like that. Because they were confident that, yes, their own giant was going to whoop the giant of, the, of, of Israel. They were so confident. And for 40 days, Goliath will come out and he will taunt the army of Israel. Every day for 40 days. And nobody was able to respond. Until a little boy showed up. David showed up. And David said, who is this particular Philistine that is defying the armies of the Almighty God? Say, I will not only kill you, I will cut off your head. And I will make your carcasses to be the food for the birds in the air. Everybody thought David was joking. And eventually, David took that particular five stone. Took the sling. Went after Jair, went after Goliath. And we all know the story. He beat the daylight out of that, out of, out of Goliath, and the rest became history. But that is not the story we want to tell this morning. We want to tell a kind of a different story, using this as a background. The Bible now tells us that after they, David had won the war for them, and the Philistines have been consumed by the armies of Israel, the Bible says that the story, they, were now, you know, they are now moving forward, going back into the city. The armies of Israel was now returning back home. And as they were returning back home, something interesting happened. And that is what we want to focus on this morning. If you pick up the story from 1 Samuel chapter 18, 1 Samuel 18, reading from verse number 6, the Bible says, And it happened as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women had come out of the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. Then verse number 7, so the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David has slain his ten thousand. That is where the problem started. Okay? Saul has slain his thousands, and David has slain his ten thousand. Then number verse number eight. The Saul, then the Bible said, then Saul was very angry. And the saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David ten thousand, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can I, can he? have but the kingdom. So he eyed David from that point on, from that day forward. Very interesting verse. 
Here you see a group of people. David had won the battle for him. David had delivered at, at David had made sure that the name of the Almighty God that is carried, that is represented by the army of Israel was not put to shame. David defeated Goliath. The people were happy. There was high morale in the the country and they were going back into the city as a victorious army, marching back into the country. And the women came and they started singing and dancing and singing songs of praise. And they now said, okay, you killed killed thousands, but this guy killed 10,000. What difference does it make? You killed everybody and you won the war. Why should you be bothered? But that didn't go well with Saul. Saul, instead of enjoying the festivities, instead of enjoying the songs, instead of enjoying the accolade, after all, he was the king. Anything that his army did, they did in his name. He was the man. He was supposed to be the person who took all the credit. But for some reason, Saul was not focused on all the festivities. Saul was not happy that they had won the war. Saul was more concerned about the things that the women were saying when they were singing. How many of us actually focus on the words that the song You just listen to the rhythm. You enjoy the song. It sounds nice. The beat is nice. The rhythm is fine. That's what you are. But this guy was not interested in that. He was interested in the words that we're saying. And the words, you know, say, and Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his ten thousand. And verse number eight, the Bible tells us that Saul was not just happy. Saul was really, really upset about it. The Bible said in verse eight, then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000, and to me they have ascribed only ten, only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? And from that point in time, David became, you know, David entered into the black book of Saul. The question that comes to mind is this. Why would a king, the one that has the final authority over the nation, why would he be so bothered about the fact that they are giving credit or they are ascribing, they are, they are acknowledging what one of his support need has done. Why should that bother him? Okay? Why should a king be so angry that, that the accomplishment of one of his subjects is recognized and praised? Why should he be angry? Okay? Why should Saul, I, the subject, I, I, I David, and say, okay, I'm not envious of David. I want to make sure I keep an eye on you. Why? It was, I mean, here, here was a guy... Who delivered you from disgrace after you have suffered humiliation for 40 days? The guy saved you. And now for us, all of a, all of a sudden, it now becomes your enemy. Let me suggest to you that the reason King Saul was envious of the accomplishment of David is the same reason that husbands are jealous of their wife's success. It's the same reason why your supervisor is jealous when you are doing a good work. It's the same reason why a man will look at his friend who is making progress and will be jealous. It's the same reason why you will come to church. Somebody is gifted, the other person is not as gifted in that particular area, and they become jealous. It's the same reason why some people will be very good in public ministry, and others are good in prayer ministry, and the man in prayer ministry wants to be the one in the, in the, in the public eye. The reason that Saul was jealous about jealous of David is the same reason that a lot of people are jealous of each other and the accomplishment of each other. And that simple reason is the reason of insecurity. The reason of insecurity. In other words, King Saul's envy and jealousy of David is as a result of King Saul's insecurity. Because Saul himself had a problem inside. And that problem had to be now, you know, had to be dressed in a particular garment and now projected against somebody else. And the problem, the person that was targeted this time around happened to be David. If somebody else had been, you know, had gotten more attention than David, than Saul, that person would have incurred the wrath of Saul. 
So it's not really about David. It's more about Saul and what was going on inside of him. The reason for King Saul's envy and jealousy of David's success is rooted in insecurity. And insecurity is the only reason why a king will be jealous of his subject. Insecurity is the only reason why the boss, a husband, a wife, a colleague will be uncomfortable when somebody is making progress and they are succeeding in life. Insecurity is the only reason why a husband will not be happy that the wife is making more money and is bringing it into the same account. And is giving you even the opportunity to be able to be the one to write the check. And the guy is still angry. I just wonder what's wrong with that guy. Because I can sit down at home and let her do all the work. If I'm going to be writing the check, who am I? I enjoy it. But there are some human beings who will not be happy that their wives are making money. Or their wives are successful. Or their wives are up there. For some reason, that just bothers them. It's as a result of insecurity. The question is, what is this thing that we are calling insecurity? What is this thing that is called insecurity? Insecurity is the feeling of uncertainty, a lack of confidence or anxiety about yourself. It's an issue that is going on inside of your heart. It's a way that you perceive yourself. It's the feeling of uncertainty. It's the feeling of lack of confidence. That feeling of anxiety that you are not qualified, you are not up to, and you are not up to par, and that you are having that particular deficiency in certain area, and you look for a way to be able to cover it up. That is what insecurity is all about. And you will see from scripture that the feeling of insecurity that Saul was exhibiting, the feeling of lack of confidence that Saul was exhibiting, that feeling of anxiety about himself that was evident in the life of of Saul, that thing began to reveal itself in a number of ways. And the first thing you will notice about Saul's insecurity was that his insecurity drove him to undermine his calling in the Almighty God. The Lord Almighty saw David before he picked Saul to be the king of Israel. God Almighty saw you and gave you what you have before, you know, there's another person. In other words, because of the insecurity in the life of Saul, he undermined his calling of the the calling of God upon his life. The Lord Almighty told him, the Lord spoke to him through through Samuel. He told him, go and do certain things. Wait for me for seven days. But because of his insecurity, because he didn't want people to run away from him, he started to perform the duty that he was not supposed to be performing. Insecurity, the first thing he did in the life of Saul was that it affected his relationship, his calling with the Almighty God. Number two, Saul's insecurity drove him to endanger not only his own life, but the lives of his loved ones. The Bible told us that he actually made a determination to kill his own son, Jonathan. Just because Jonathan made a mistake and because he wanted to prove himself that he was the king, that he had authority, that he has the final say. Even when the people were telling him that you cannot do it, Saul was still insisting that he wanted to kill David. His insecurity endangered his loved ones. Number three, the insecurity of Saul drove him to begin to persecute innocent people. And that is what you find in the lives of people. When you see a wife that is insecure and he sees the colleague of her husband, they are in a company party, they are having a conversation, he will begin to project the negative attitude towards that individual that had nothing to do with whatever is going on inside of their hearts. Saul's insecurity drove him to persecute the innocent. And the Bible tells us in the book of First Samuel, First Samuel 18, if you read verse number 17, the Bible says, Then Saul said to David, Here is my daughter, Mareb. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant and, the, and, the fight, uh, and fight the Lord's uh, battle. But uh, for Saul thought, Let not my hand be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. In other words, he was setting up David to kill. 
just because he was insecure and he felt that David had an edge over him. And that's what happens when there is insecurity going in the heart of a man. The people with insecurities don't care who they hurt as long as they are able to satisfy their own longings. Number four, the insecurity of, of, of Saul drove him to eventually lose the kingdom. Because he eventually lost that which the Lord has committed into his care. And that's what happened. When you are in a relationship and there's insecurity in that relationship, there's a strong tendency that you will lose that relationship. When you have a particular job and you are insecure about that job, there's a strong tendency if you continue and you don't deal with that issue of insecurity, you are going to lose it. When you have a friend that you think that that person, you have a monopoly over their life, that you should be the only one controlling their life. If you don't take time, you are going to lose that friend. Whatever you operate using insecurity, there is a strong tendency that you will lose it. In the, in the, in the case of Saul, Saul lost the kingdom that was given to him. Because of his insecurity, he lost the kingdom. Number five, the insecurity of Saul drove him to eventually destroy himself. Because he started making decisions that were wrong. He started going to places he was not supposed to go to. Here was the same Saul who, when he became king, drove out all the witches out of Israel. And then eventually he was the same Saul towards the end of his life. Now ending up looking for a witch in Endor. The same thing that he casted out, for some reason, started bringing it back in. When there is insecurity in the heart, the things that you have put aside, the things that you know are hurtful, the things that you know will not move your, that will not move your cause forward, you will end up embracing them because you have refused to look at the issue of insecurity. So you can see that insecurity, if left unattended, can be very dangerous. Not just for you that have that insecurity, but for everyone that is surrounding you. Because you are going to project it into their lives. As long as you yourself are not secured in your, in your own person, you are not secured in your own skin, it's going to affect everyone around you. And it will make you a high-maintenance person. Because everybody becomes very careful when they are dealing with you. So insecurity, if left unattended, can be very dangerous. Not just for that person, but for everybody around you. The question then is, where did Saul's insecurity come from? Where did our own insecurity, where did it come from? Where does insecurity come from in the life of a man, life of a woman, life of a relationship, in a church, in a family? I mean, in everywhere, where does this thing come from? Let me suggest to you, number one, that insecurity will come into your life when you have a wrong view of the Almighty God. When you don't see God the way you are supposed to see Him. When you don't see God in the true light, you will have insecurity. The Bible you read last week, we dealt extensively with the book of Genesis chapter 3. And we talked about what happened when, when, when Eve was deceived by the, by the devil. But one thing you must remember in that particular scripture that we read was the fact that Eve continued to listen to the suggestion of the enemy. And as long as she continued to listen to the suggestion of the enemy, the enemy continued to twist the view of, Eve, of, of God in the, in the mind of Eve. Prior to that conversation, Eve saw God as somebody who was faithful, somebody who was who was loving, somebody who had their interest. That was the picture that Eve had at the back of his of her mind prior to that conversation. But as soon as he had a conversation with the devil, what happened was that the question, one of the first things that the, the, the serpent asked, if you turn to Genesis chapter 3, reading from verse number 4, the Bible says, Then the serpent said to the woman, Will you will not surely die? In other words, God is a liar, God has just lied to you. You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat, uh, that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, 
Don't worry. God is just lying. <coughs> you cannot trust the word of God. You cannot trust what he has said. You cannot trust him to have your best interest. In fact, God actually knows that this thing is good for you. And because he knows this thing is good for you, he doesn't want you to enjoy the good life. That was the suggestion that, uh, that Satan was giving unto Eve. And Eve bought that suggestion. Not only bought the suggestion, sold it to, his, uh, to her husband, and the husband believed in it. And the next thing that happened was that both of them, immediately their imagination or their view of God changed, everything about them changed. That's right. They realized that they were naked. And the Bible said that they went into hiding. Yeah. Insecurity followed. When insecurity will come into your life, when you have a wrong view, of who God is. If you see God as that particular wicked tax master, always carrying a rod, and looking for an opportunity to whack you in the head, then you will find that the way you will relate to people, or people in authority will be that same way. If you see God as that person like Santa Claus, that nice big Tommy with a nice jelly appear, and he's just stroking and say, oh boys, baby boys. You will behave like that when you see authority. When you, the picture of God that you have will determine what your, what your life will look like. That's the first thing. Number two, where does insecurity come from? Insecurity comes when you have a wrong view of what the world is supposed to be. When you have a wrong view of the world, then you will have, your insecurity will come in. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John, in chapter 2, reading from verse number 15. It says, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the loss of it. But he that does the will of God endures forever. When we are deceived by the world, when we are deceived into believing that the loss of our flesh will satisfy all our activity. When we are deceived that the things that we acquire will make us happy. When we are deceived that when I get into a particular relationship with a man, that my life will be fulfilled. When you are deceived into believing that the, what the world has to offer will make you happy, you are going to have insecurity. Because as soon as that man walks out, what happens? As soon as you lose that job, what happens? As soon as you look at that, that material thing, what happens? As soon as you are not able to get the popularity that you are looking for, what happens? When you have a wrong view of this world, insecurity will come in. Number three, where does insecurity come in? Insecurity comes when you have a wrong view of yourself. You know, it's a good thing to be able to encourage your kids that they are the best thing that ever happened after sliced bread. Okay? That they are the most beautiful thing. They can win Miss, Niger, Miss, uh, Miss Universe uh, just like that. They don't even have to compete. People will actually write the letter to come and tell them you are the Miss Universe. You don't need to compete. You are so beautiful. If it's good to, it's good to encourage our kids like that. But the reality is that you have to tell your kids once in a while that life does not always revolve around you. The way you have a wrong view of who you are, when you don't see yourself in the light and in the image that God sees you, if you don't see yourself in the way that God sees you, there is going to be the strong, there's a strong probability that insecurity will follow. That's when you begin to see yourself as inadequate. That you begin to see yourself as not good enough. You begin to see yourself as not capable. You begin to see yourself in the light that God is not seeing you. When you have a wrong view of God, you have a wrong view of the world that you are living in, you have a wrong view of yourself, insecurity will be in such a life. Number four. Where does insecurity come from? Insecurity comes when we have a wrong view of what life is all about. The purpose of life. The purpose of life is not just to eat and be merry. I hope you know that. 
The purpose of life is not just for you to acquire all the big houses and acquire the cars and become popular and become, that is not just the purpose of life. If you look at the book of Revelation chapter 11, the Bible says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you have created all things. Why? And by your will, they exist and are created. In other words, you exist to glorify the name of the Almighty God. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter 12. The Bible says, hear the conclusion of the matter. And what is the conclusion? It says, serve God. That is the only essence. That is the reason why you are here. Because as long as you miss that reason, a lot of things will go out of work. So, insecurity will come when you have no understanding of the purpose of what of life here on earth. And then finally, insecurity comes when you have a wrong view of what relationships are all about. The Bible says he places the single in the, he places the solitary in families. There's a reason why he makes us a relational social animal, social being. The reason is because so that you can have interaction with people, so that you can grow with people. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said two are better than one. Why? So that they can have a good reward for their labor. In other words, so that when you are weak in a particular area, the other person will compliment you. When you are strong in another area, you can take that strength and help other person, or the other person to grow. So that you can be able to grow together. And this was what the people of Babel understood at that time. And the Bible said that when they were together, they said that there was nothing. The Lord Almighty even acknowledged He said there's nothing that these people cannot do. In other words, but when you have a wrong view of relationship, when you see relationship as a means to satisfy your own need, when you see people as a tool to be used, when you see people, when you see people and relationship as something to be manipulated, insecurity will enter into your life because you are not able to get what you want, and then you begin to manipulate people to see the results. <clears throat> the question is then, how do you know if you have issues with insecurity? How do you know? That inside of you, the behaviors that you are exhibiting is, a, is an indication that there's a little bit of insecurity going on inside of our lives. Let's take Saul that we've been using as an example. From the life of Saul, we can see the signs of insecurity is manifested. Number one, when there is a lack of confidence in your own abilities. This is what God has equipped you for. But for some reason, you you hesitate to be able to explore. You hesitate to be able to step out because you are afraid. You know there's a little bit of insecurity going on. Number two, how do you know insecurity? You have an issue with insecurity. You know there is an issue with insecurity when you need a constant validation from others. Somebody has to tell, oh, you are doing such a wonderful job. Oh, you are doing nice. If you lift up your heart, that's the best way to lift up the hand. If you walk this way, oh, that's the best way to walk. If you smile, I have never seen a smile so beautiful. I mean, if that is how you live your life, there might be a little bit of problem with insecurity. So when there is a constant need for validation, there might be insecurity on the bottom there. Number three, when there's a need to please others at all costs. You want to make sure somebody is happy. There's a difference between making people comfortable, making happy, making people happy. And then there's a difference between this inordinate need to always make everybody happy. The need to be accepted. When that is a major issue in your life, you know that insecurities are the door. When there is a need, when there, when, you know, when there is a need for you to be perfect at all times. You don't ever want to make mistakes. You don't ever want to be seen as, as making any mistake. You want to be seen as perfect. You want to present a front that all is well in this shop. When you have that particular front, when you have that particular need, check it out. There must be some insecurity somewhere. Number five, when there is this unusual fear of criticism, 
unusual fear of judgment when you don't want anybody to be able to tell you that you made a mistake that there is something wrong in the way you did something that there is a need for improvement in a particular area when there is that unusual fear for criticism or judgment there is a problem somewhere insecurity might be lurking at the background number six when there is that fear of inadequacy the fear that you are not good enough that you do think you are not good enough, you are not qualified. You are not. I mean, if there's anything that is put in front you, you it is it, it presents itself like a, like humility. But humility does not mean self debasement. Humility simply humility, humility simply means that you know your limitations. You are you are willing to humble yourself. But this is a different level. We are talking about the fear that comes out of inadequacy, a feeling of inadequacy when you think that you are not good enough for anything. When you have that kind of feeling consistently, you know there's an issue with insecurity. And then finally. When you are living in denial and you are quick to justify your action, they ask you somebody, not, not, that, not, that you have been, not that you have been told that you did anything wrong, but they just ask the question. The next thing you are already in, or already in defense mode. You are already justifying your action. You are already in denial. Oh, it's not like that. That is, you see this a lot in a relationship where you have an abusive partner. The husband is whacking the face of this woman every day. And the man says, it's not like that. It's because I put the dog here. It's because I put the pay, I put the cup there. It's because I didn't cook the food now. It's because it's not hot enough. You are always looking for an excuse. Or a, you, are always, you are always living in denial. And you are looking for a quick way to justify or to excuse your action. You know insecurity is lurking in the corner. Now, these are the signs that you see. There are more of them. But these are some of the signs. Now, when these signs are in our life... Like I said, it might be an indication that we are struggling with some area of insecurity. And we need to take care of it before it takes root. You need to take care of it before it takes root. But you see, you will not be able to confront insecurity in any area of your life if these things are present in your life. Number one, you will not be able to deal with insecurity if you have problem trusting somebody. If you have problem trusting God. You have problem trusting your relationship, trusting your relationship. You have problem trusting your partner. You have problem trusting the parent or trusting somebody around you. If you have trust issues, insecurity will be very difficult to deal with. Because security requires you to trust somebody. I've given you this illustration several times. If I ask you to sit on the chair that you're sitting on, or you're sitting on the chair you're sitting on right now, because you believe and you trust in the ability or the strength of that particular chair to see, you know, to carry your weight. But if for some reason you don't trust the chair to be strong enough, even if you sit down, you are not going to sit down with your whole body. You will sit down and you will try to shift your weight so that when the thing gives way, you don't fall down and you don't disgrace yourself. So a person who will deal with insecurity must be a person that has resolved the trust issues in their life. Lack of trust in God, in ourselves or in our spouse, is an example, is a source for what? Is a source for insecurity. And that's what the Bible tells in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. Reading from verse number 7, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out his root by his river, and shall not fear when heat comes. But his leaves will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruits. In other words, when there is trust, insecurity will be difficult for you to, to, to take roots in your life. When there is trust in the Almighty God, trust in the relationship that you have, trust in the people that you work with, trust in the places where you go, where you have that element of trust, you will find out that insecurity will be difficult. Look, look, at, uh, look at Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve did not have any question about the character of the Almighty God, they were living happily in the, in the garden. 
But the day the trust, their trust in the Almighty God was put in question, the day their trust in the Almighty God was co- was corrupted by the words of Satan, what happened is that insecurity came in because they started hiding. They started protecting themselves. Fear came in. So trust is the basis. Insecurity lives in an atmosphere of distrust. When there is no trust, when there is no trust in the life of an individual, insecurity will be present in such life. Number two, you will not be able to deal with insecurity when you have a wrong perspective in life. The Bible says that to the pure, all things are pure. Okay? In other words, when you look at life and you see life, you know, when you, when you, ha- when you have this view of life that God has made you to be the head and not the tail, it will be very difficult for you to doubt your abilities or doubt yourself. But when you have that wrong perspective, wrong perspective about relationship, wrong perspective about human, wrong perspective about God, wrong perspective about your own self, you will find out that it will be difficult to deal with insecurity. Number three. You will not be able to deal with insecurity if you have what I refer to as wrong dependency. In other words, when you associate with the wrong set of people, when you associate with the people that continue to enforce or reinforce the insecurity in your life because they are able to feed from it. When we put our trust in things that are not lasting, the things that are fleeting, the things that are temporal, when these things don't measure up, insecurity will result. So when you put when you when you when you have this wrong dependency, it will be very difficult for you to get rid of insecurity in your life. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.